It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. In a second, I'm going to start answering your guys' questions. Really quick bit of news. Good news, actually. Uh, So iTunes fixed their review problem. So if you guys are... I've noticed there's a backlog of of iTunes questions. So you guys have been sending them uh, regardless, and I I really, really appreciate that. I'm going to answer as many of those as I possibly can in today's show and then get to the rest of them and catch up. Uh, over the next you know week or so would be my guess, uh, but that's great news. That's really good for the show, and and it brings back the, our uh, you know this ability for you guys to to participate in the show. Uh, <laughs> the unfortunate news is that I already asked for questions before finding this out, and had Twitter questions to go with today's iTunes questions. So I get to as many of those as I possibly can. There, fortunately, there was some overlap here between the questions. So I just kind of combined some of the questions uh, from Twitter and from iTunes and got to those. Uh, But regardless, this is good news for the show, good news for you guys, and we will get back uh, to to this version of Normalcy uh, starting now. So so that's good. Today's show, look, there are a ton of questions uh, asking everything from Schroeder slash Caruso playing time, uh, potential moves, decisions with the uh, extra roster spot. Uh, there are questions about uh, my critiques of the NBA and its production or, or the production of it uh, and, and, and all of that. So I, I just it's hard. I, if I summed up the entire show right now, we'd be here for another five minutes or so. So let's go ahead and get to the show. All right, first question here coming from the iTunes mailbag. Happy to have it back. Is from Kay Izzle writing, Will Schroeder hate us if we bench him? Maybe start Caruso or Wes? Now, this same question was asked about a a couple times over on uh, Twitter as well, or a version of it, something close to it, asking about Caruso minutes uh, and and stuff like that. So, will Schroeder hate the coaching staff if they bench him? It really depends. This is kind of an organizational question because on one hand, you want to say, no, he would be happy to do whatever it takes to win. He uh, did, however, have that press conference where he said that, you know, he he did his time basically uh, coming off of the bench in Oklahoma City and was ready to get back to, to starting. The, the 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 issue there though, and I'm 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 curious to see if it arrives there. And, and by the way, I I think we're still a long way off from Schroeder ever being benched because the Lakers are winning. But but either way, it'd be interesting to see if the Lakers, uh, as an organization, have spoken to him and said, "Hey man, uh, you came off the bench for OKC. You you call that you know you, you said you're sick of doing that. Well." This is a much better team than that OKC team that you were on, uh, and and coming off of the bench here would mean you know being put in a better situation to help uh, the team 
win a championship. Whereas last year, I like so if if the situations were reversed, right? So let's say if this was Schroeder's first time hypothetically coming off of the bench, then you would say, okay, you, you win your title coming off of the bench, and then you go to OKC, and you're sick of coming off of the bench, especially for a lesser team. This is the opposite of that, right? Where he's going from coming off of the bench uh, for a lesser team and now kind of sort of demanding to come uh, to, to start on a better team. And, and all, you know... That's even before you get to the fact that he's starting on a better team with a better option coming off of the bench. Again, I don't think this is changing anytime soon. The Lakers have done enough winning even despite uh, some some kind of weird rotations early on because they're still trying to figure things out. Uh, but still, like the fact that they've been able to win uh, while they figure these things out shows how talented the team is and also probably... and in my opinion, unfortunately means that this starting lineup is, is, is here to start. It's funny. I'm, I'm actually in the middle of, or I guess kind of sort of wrapping up a Marvel, uh, an MCU rewatch. And I'm, I'm at the black Panther right now. We've used this line before. Uh, but when jury basically says, I think it's jury jury. Yeah. Uh, but, but when she says to, to, to T'Challa, Hey, uh, just because what you have is working doesn't mean it can't be improved on. And that's basically my kind of thinking with the starting five is, yes, uh, especially early on this season, they were world breakers, right? They were, they, but, but the, the issue is uh, they have kind of calmed down of late. And even while they were as great as they were, I, I couldn't help but wonder, hey, are, are there ways for this team to potentially improve? Um, and I think there are. And, and it's something that the uh, the Lakers and, and Frank Vogel especially is going to have to think about as the year goes along. Uh, but, but I still think, again, that we're a long ways away from that. Next question here comes from uh, Easy Money Nate. Hey, uh, Anthony and Pete, I had thought the other day about the number 23. LeBron has already expressed his desire to give AD number 23 next season. And I'm wondering what you think will happen in the future as far as jersey retirement. Assuming we win it all this year, then LeBron would have two rings as number 23 as a Laker. And then let's assume AD gets uh, number 23 next season. And if he wins a couple rings in his career at number 23, do we retire number 23 for Braun, for AD? Or do we retire two number 23s, one with James and one with Davis? Also, to take it a step further, would we retire number three for AD in his rings in that number and number six for LeBron's, assuming he wins a couple in that jersey? Love the show. Well, for starters, assuming any titles get won gets you into trouble. Uh, it's just too talented a league. It's too quick shifting a league. Uh, the, the sport is evolving so quickly and so diversely that I, I think it's hard to just say, well, what if, AD wins five championships. Like I, we're a long ways from. Let's let's get AD his second championship here, and let's get uh, LeBron James his second championship as a Laker, and then kind of go from there. But in terms of the actual question itself and Jersey retirement with all of this, I think it is interesting. If AD takes over the number twenty three after LeBron wins two championships in it, it really complicates what you do there because if AD takes over that jersey 
and then spend the next, I don't know, seven, eight years as a Laker, then and and winds up spending more time in the jersey you know jersey number 23 than lebron did then it it gets kind of iffy the thing is which jersey do you identify lebron with right cuz to be completely honest the more quote unquote important for lack of a better term here is the important player here is lebron and i identify lebron as a laker in number 23 now, if he changes over to number six or whatever jersey number he uh, decides to go with there, then and and then spends you know four or five years in that jersey and does some major winning, then then you kind of have to rethink it. But uh, I I do think the Lakers. I would imagine the Lakers and the NBA would have a conversation with those two guys about like just how important is it for them to change their jerseys and, and those things. Um, and whether it's actually worth it to create this kind of a mess if they do uh, head down that route, because it is, it is a bit of a mess, especially for those who, who want to buy jerseys and, and are reluctant to do it right now because of the idea that I'm going to buy this jersey and then next year it's going to be outdated. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that, especially if they don't win, you know, for whatever reason, if they don't win a championship this year, now you bought a jersey that, is going to be outdated next year and it doesn't, and you don't really identify that Jersey, especially if you buy like, you know, one of the, the retro version or the city edition of this one, it's going to be outdated and you don't really identify it with any significant winning. And it's kind of a useless Jersey, you know, and we'll, we'll see though. It's it, we're just like with the uh Schroeder thing. We're a long way off from having to care about this. Let's take another or a quick second here. And when we come back, we're going to keep on answering your questions from wherever they come. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is also brought to you in part by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Hey 
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, next question here comes from D. Frizio. Uh, hey, Anthony and Pete, two questions. If the Lakers decide to pick up a defensive-minded shot-blocking center sooner rather than later, and they have to waive a player to so uh, to do so, then who do you th- uh, how do you think it goes? Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley, uh, McKinney. I think McKinney is the only one with guaranteed money after this year. Lakers' interior defend, uh, defense has looked bad so far. Second question, if you could go back in time and include Kuzma in the AD trade instead of Josh Hart, would you? Hart seems like a perfect role player that will get you anywhere from 5 to 12 points and also rebounds and play good defense. He wouldn't carry the fan expectations of being the third star that Kuzma does. I think he would have been a much better fit with AD and LeBron. I would love it if they could swap Kuzma for Hart next year straight up. Thanks for taking the time to answer, and Happy New Year to you both. P.S. You keep saying that Wesley Matthews uh, Jr. could be struggling because he's 36 years old. He actually just turned 34 in October. He moves like he's 46. So that's that's my defense there. Um, now regarding, I'll, I'll answer the first question. They have an extra roster spot, so they don't actually have to waive anybody. Uh, and uh, the 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 thing that they're waiting for, because they're hard capped, is for the whatever the prorated amounts that would be a veteran's minimum contract to dip under the slight amount of cap space that, that they have left over at this point. They can't afford a veteran's min, uh, uh, a vet men right now, but down the line, once that prorated minimum dips under, I think they're like seven hundred or $800,000, I think, left over, uh, something small. But once it dips under that, then I think they'll be looking to add somebody. I was heavily on team at a shot blocker early on, but I think I'm 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 kind of rethinking that. Not to say that I've completely switched, but I'm kind of rethinking that to see what the wing market looks like down the road. Because the Lakers need one more big wing. After seeing the troubles that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown gave the Lakers, uh, and and the various big wings that they're going to face uh, come postseason time, I think it makes some sense to maybe add somebody there rather than add somebody at a position that is is going to be covered up when AD starts playing more five in, in, in bigger games. Uh, now, regarding the second question between Hart and Kuzma, I think if you would have asked me that maybe even a couple years ago, when the deal even went down, I probably would have said I'd rather keep Hart than Kuzma. But Hart uh, has not really lived up to expectations in New Orleans. Uh, Kuzma has 
I think played very, not very well, but well enough, I think better than Hart this year and uh, is also bigger and, and might be able to do more uh, diverse things across your, your needs than, than Hart does. We've seen the Lakers have somebody in Danny Green who does a lot of the things that, that Hart would want to, right? He's like the, the optimized version of Hart. But then you were able to see what KCP has turned into and Wesley Matthews. And guys about Josh Hart's size, I think, are a lot easier to come by than guys at, at Kuzma's size who can do the things that, that the Lakers seem to think Kuzma can do. So I, I think they made the right call here in holding on to Kuz. Uh, had they had they given up Hart or, or kept Hart and 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 traded away Kuzma, they probably would have been able to keep an extra asset. So from that standpoint, maybe it, it's it's a more interesting conversation. But just in terms of basketball player right now, straight up, I'd rather have Kuz. Um, all right, let's uh, go on to the next question here, and uh, let's see where it is. I'm gonna dip it in, dip into Twitter here because I asked for people to send questions and they did. So uh, at Aubrey F. Wood writes, feels like THT is following a very similar trajectory as Caruso, uh, Caruso did last year. Deep bench to start the year, then creeping into the nine-man rotation and ultimately a key contributor. If THT does uh, end up as a critical piece, who do you prioritize in the offseason, THT or Caruso? I'd still say Caruso. You know, I... THT is is a is a very interesting and potentially special young player, but we've already seen like the Lakers have a window, right? They're working with a window now. Maybe it's a longer or, or a bigger window than originally thought because LeBron James might be immortal, but the the Lakers as it is right now are looking at maybe three four years of of this type of peak LeBron and, 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 and even that feels like it's stretching it. So can THT in the next two, three, maybe four years, uh, impact winning the way that Caruso does right now and will next year and the year after that and the year after that, I'm not so sure he will. Will he be more talented at the end of at, when it's all said and done? Possibly. You know, I but I think honestly, if I had to, because they're going to have to make a choice with those two guys that that we're talking about, Caruso and Tht, and then they're also going to have to make a decision on Schroeder uh, if they can't come to terms on an extension. And I'm I'm if if it were me and I was asked to prioritize those three players, I would probably and and this is you know this is some uh, response to some recency bias here. But I would probably prioritize Caruso, then THT, then Schroeder. Schroeder's going to be more expensive than the other two guys. And we know right now that that Caruso lends himself to winning more than either of those two guys by a lot. Like He's lapping those two guys in that regard. So keep me the guy who who helps me win uh, more than than the other two. Uh, Let's go... One more question here, or, or, or at least we'll start it. Uh, hey, Anthony and Pete, Happy New Year. I wanted to add some feedback to the show uh, since you guys have been thinking of ways to get it started. Love the content. Honestly, miss jumping into my car and listen to your pod and not care about uh, what you're going to talk about because it's all Lakers-related some way. Uh, it was such a national feel 
in a sense, I just felt like I was in a conversation with my buddies uh, with their about my favorite sports team with no script needed. I understand, however, you must try to appease uh, listeners. Still listen to the pod, just get the intro. Great anyways. Uh, thank you, Go Lakers. All right, so this is something I'm still balancing. It's still kind of a work in progress, the, the idea of the intro. Um, I, I will say that the conversation that goes on when it's recorded is still the of uh, the exact it's recorded the exact same way there's still extremely minimal editing unless there's some kind of an audio problem otherwise it's still the free flowing conversation it was before just now i know what it is so i summarize it in the beginning and then throw to the conversation uh, after the fact so the show itself isn't really any different the only difference here is the the only change i guess is that i summarize it to to throw eventually to what we get to in the show. So that I, you know, I, I, I understand where you guys are coming from. It's something I've actually thought about, but, but it's just a, it's a balancing act here between, you know, appeasing or, 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 or introducing the show to, to new listeners and seeing if we can grow it. Uh, and, and, and then also staying true to the show that, that got you guys here in the first place, because you guys mean the world to me. So we, we got to figure that out. Next question here comes from uh, Vante35. Hey, Anthony and Pete, does it seem like the Lakers aren't getting to the line as much this year? Well, the question asks, does it seem like it? And, you know, I I could go into the stats, right? And I could say, well, this this is the number of free throws that they're shooting this year compared to last year. Um, But that's no fun, you know. Then it's just, I'm just answering the question objectively without actually getting to the to the heart of the question, which is, does it feel like they aren't getting there as much? To which I would say, yeah, it does feel that way, that it, it feels like the Lakers aren't getting to the line as much as they did last year. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, with, with Dwight and with JaVale, they had a lot more action moving towards the basket. LeBron is shooting more threes this year. Anthony Davis is, is, is uh, not shooting nearly as much at the rim uh, by way of dunks or whatever. He's doing a lot of the floater thing, um, a lot of mid-range, not shooting enough threes. You know, I, I think his game has become pretty inefficient by his standards as of late because he's really fallen in love with that mid-range jumper, which I can understand why. Uh, it's it's damn near impossible to stop. And, uh, and is a shot that he can get off really easily without putting extra wear and tear on his body. And I, I think eventually as the year goes along now, I, I think they're going to shoot less free throws overall than they did last year. And it's going to feel like that uh, for quite a while, but eventually as the games start getting more important and as AD feels more comfortable getting his legs underneath him, uh, I, I you'll, you'll see that that free throw number creep up uh, maybe not to where it was last year, but it'll, it'll certainly go up from where it is right now. Let's take one more second here, and when we come back, I'm going to dip into the various avenues to grab your guys' questions. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kosloff and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to the Rejecting the Screen podcast wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Head on over to betonline.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. Today's game of the day or bet of the day 
that I'm looking at. Look, the Lakers are not on it yet because we are still waiting to hear who all is available uh, whenever they face off against the Hawks. So today's game that I'm going to be looking at is between the Sacramento Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans. And it's their over-under. Right now it's set at 232.5. That is extremely high. That is crazy high, and I'm betting the over. (laughs) That's how I feel. The Sacramento Kings can't stop a nosebleed. The New Orleans Pelicans can't really play much defense either, uh, even though they have some defensive pieces. But uh, their front court is a mess defensively, and and I think this game is going to be way up there in terms of its scoring. if you want to follow me on this, head on over to betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On for a 50% deposit bonus. If you want to fade me, head on over to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% deposit bonus. We are in the week before the big game, and they have props set up for any number of, of bets that you might want to make for it. Uh, but again, you're going to want to do that at betonline.ag. If you are going to do any gambling, please do so responsibly. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and you will save 20% off your next order. Not your first, your next. So however often you go to the website and you make a purchase, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to save 20% off. And you're saving 20% off on an incredible product. We've been working with these guys forever now. And it is a, the kind of thing, the kind of partnership you're really proud of, not just because of the ability that we've been able to work together, but also because of how great the product itself is and how easy it is to sell. I've told my family about it, close friends back home, uh, friends that I've made out here. I personally use it almost every day, basically. I, I would probably say I'm closer to every day than anything else, any other way you could describe this thing. It's great for me because I'm always on the go, always have some errand to run or something to ride or something like that. Avery got into some kind of trash or something, so I have to clean up and don't have enough time to uh, eat a full meal. Built Bar is, is has been great with that. I've lost weight since we've started working with them because it's a super healthy bar. Great flavors, great textures, just an all-around fantastic product. So one more time, head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, the best protein bar you'll ever eat. All right, next question here, and, and I, uh, I actually have a couple. Uh, it's, it's a version of the same question here, so I'm just going to read the one. D3DS writes, Anthony, why do you hate the NBA so much? seems like every week you complain about the way it's presented. If you are trying to get people more interested in basketball, you are doing a poor job of it. I don't understand why somebody who claims to love the NBA so much uh, turns around and craps on it so much every chance he gets. If it, uh, In reality, you are turning people off from the NBA with the way that you trash it at every opportunity. The opposite of love is not annoyance. It's not frustration. It's not hatred. It's apathy, right? The, the antithesis to, to caring about something is not caring. Uh, I say the things that I say about the NBA and the way it's presented because I care, because I want more people to be interested in it. If you're listening to this show, you're probably already interested in the NBA, 
nobody comes to my show to decide whether or not they're going to get invested in the NBA. Uh, so that's not something I'm, I'm ever really all that worried about. Now, could I be less hard on them? And could I harp on it less? Sure. And I'm sure once we move away from football, I, I probably will move on from it. I, for the most part, honestly, I've, I've just kind of come to grips with the fact that it is an inferior product to football. Like they, they, there are just situational things. There are situational differences in football than there are in basketball. Football, every team gets it plays their 16 regular season games. And because there are only 16 of them, you can put a lot more into the production of them. They also have much bigger budgets to work with those fewer games, which means that on top of having to present fewer of them over the course of the year, you have more to play with, with on average, than, than you would if there were 16 NBA games per year. Uh, so, so comparing it to the NBA isn't necessarily, or definitely isn't apples to apples, and, and might not even be necessarily fair. That said... Even while I'm not talking about the production aspect of it, like I can get annoyed at the way that it's talked about. And somebody asked me on Twitter because there's a there's another uh, question on Twitter about uh, yeah. So at uh, mgr underscore ug, uh, you talked a lot about who you don't you don't like in the NBA ESPN slash TNT coverage. Is there anyone you do like? I really appreciate Zach Lowe with Rachel Nichols and Brian Winhorst being second when not on the jump. So. So like the, you know people are interested in this stuff. It's 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 something that you know I do want to continue to push the people that I know uh, who do make some of these decisions to to see if they can improve, if not the production aspect of it, which is complicated. You have you know thirty teams out there playing eighty two this year seventy two, but eighty two games each in any given year, and and it's it's why when we get to the postseason you see the production value of the game itself jump way up. The thing that doesn't jump way up, though, is the way that it's talked about by the ESPN NBA uh, on TNT types, right? Look, all I ask is that while the basketball game is on, you talk about the basketball game that we're all watching. If it's a blowout, fine. You have to fill time. And and talking about Quinn Cook's third pull-up three-pointer while up 22 in the fourth isn't exactly, you know... (laughs) edge of your seat commentary fine I'm, I understand how the how how that part of the business works but when it's a one possession game in the third quarter I'm sorry I don't need Jeff Van Gundy's college football takes that's not something I come to the game for uh, now answering um, Powell's uh, the at MGR's uh, question about who I do like Zach Lowe is awesome he is so good. Give me give me him on a telecast. I'm not sure if he's comfortable doing it or whatever, but he's awesome. Doris Burke, awesome. I've even started to enjoy Reggie Miller because, yes, he's quirky and, and his analysis isn't always groundbreaking, but he seems to legitimately love basketball. You know, I could say the same thing about uh, Chris Webber. He seems to legitimately love the game and 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 love the fact that he's there. He gets so excited that he forgets where what he was talking about three words ago. So like there there are there are voices here that I enjoy. I just you know I think we can push it to see how much better this can get. There are great analysts out there. Grant Hill phenomenal at 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 analysis when he hops on a game call. Uh, the the Sacramento Kings 
uh, presentation of, of their local broadcast uh, is is fantastic. Now that I think his name is Mark Davis is there, and and albeit it's Kings or whatever, but Doug Christie is 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 also very good at what he does. There are voices out there who should, I think, be raised up. Jeff Van Gundy's sick of doing this. Cool, get out of here. Mark Jackson's sick of doing this and 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 wants to to uh, vie for a job every telecast. Cool, get the hell out of here. We don't need that. <laughs> there are plenty of people just banging down the door trying to get some of these jobs let's go ahead and and reward people who are putting in the work to actually be informed on this stuff that's all i'm saying and i say all of this by the way again because i deeply care about the sport because i know it could be good pete's rise to where he is right now happened because he's informed he's educated and he very clearly loves basketball every time he talks about it the, the show that I do with Adam is one of the most popular shows in the entire network. This show is one of the most popular shows in the, in the network. And it's because Adam and I hop on there, we talk basketball, and we love it. I hop on here, I talk to you guys, and I love it. I absolutely adore basketball. Have since I was a kid. Problem is, I stopped growing at 5'10 and then proceeded to get really wide. So I can't play it as much or as well as I as I as I wanted to, let alone once did. So here I am. I talk about it now, and I just think we can ask for more from from the people who present it and get paid really, really well to present it nationally. Let's go a couple more questions here. Uh I'm going to save a couple of the iTunes mailbag questions. I'm going to dip into Twitter. Uh, so at Cyrus Grease, Anthony Tassos writes, uh, which is your favorite closing lineup and what is more important, center or wing defender? Thank you, Anthony. So I already talked about the center versus wing defender thing. Uh, look, I think I think the NBA is, so like baseball is built from the center of the field out, right? You pitcher, catcher, shortstop, second base, and then center fielder. And then from there, you know, it becomes, you, you know, third base is, is the next important one. Right field becomes really important out there. First base, left field. Um, and and so I think for, for basketball, I look at it as wings are the most important, period. So long as LeBron and KD and Kawhi and Paul George exists, or, and, and, and on down the line, Luka, um, Giannis, so long as those guys exist, your the the teams that have one of those guys are going to have a significant advantage in a series against teams that don't and Jimmy Butler's another one and and I don't see that changing anytime soon I've thought this really for for man as long as I've been doing this show I believe and and basically the way I thought about it back then is well what are the most important shots that can be taken right threes and dunks especially corner threes and dunks which players get the most of those shots typically wings uh and and then from there you know you can argue uh can you have a ball handling point guard or if you have one of those wings can you have a a kind of three and d point guard to to solidify what you're trying to do on both ends of the court and then you know from there after that i would say your bigs come into importance. And, and uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, it, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Gobert's and the 
Cantors and the White Sides, like those guys in the '90s, would have been incredible to have on your team, right? <laughs> that they, they would have given you a chance to go to the finals basically every year. But uh, now that the game has really evolved and and teams now know what are the most valuable shots to take, the wing is 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 I think far and away uh, more important. Jokic is kind of a special case because he's such a great passer, but. But even there, I'd I'd still rather have an elite wing than than an elite big. Uh, the 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 my favorite closing lineup. I still want to see it. I don't think we've seen it yet, and if we have, it hasn't been very much. But I really want to see uh, Caruso, KCP, Kuz, LeBron, AD out there as a unit to see what that looks like. As of yet, uh, you know, in terms of lineups that we have seen that they and and we've seen them close with. The three-guard lineup with uh, Schroeder, Caruso, KCP, LeBron, and AD has been a, a a just dominating lineup to this point. So I, you know, I, if I had to choose of the lineups that we've seen, it would be that one. But I, I'd still like to really see the uh, basically it's it's the returning lineup from last year, right? The 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 guys that have been here the longest: Caruso, KCP, Kuz, LeBron, and AD. I think that's that when we if that group gets enough time to develop or 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 uh clock in a large enough sample size that'll wind up being the the best lineup i think that the lakers have let's go one more uh let's go over here so at hosman uh double o who between th oh no so i already answered that one uh Oh, this is a great one to end on because we can just laugh at the Celtics. So I'm not sure if this has uh, <laughs> this has been confirmed or whatever, but at Los uh, Real Ali writes, uh, <laughs> how sad do you think it is the Celtics have never been able to tweet about winning a championship? The Lakers have been able to do it three times. So if you go here to the Boston Celtics account, it says they joined December 08. Uh, which means that the uh, that that championship that they had, I believe they might have been able to tweet about it just briefly because they won in 08. Uh, <laughs> but or was it 09? Because if it was no, because yeah, so they the the Celtics won in the summer of 08, and then the Lakers went on to win in 2009, 2010. If they joined in December of 08, that means they weren't tweeting about the championship that they had won that June, which is bleeping hilarious. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, my time's not might not be on point on this one because uh, I'm doing it off the top of my head. But yeah, the fact that the the Celtics, one of the marquee franchises in the NBA, hasn't actually been able to tweet about or live tweet the act of winning a championship, that's pretty phenomenal. That is amazing. I'm here for all of that. So great catch on that. I'm not sure if somebody else had pointed it out uh, and and this person added me on it. I, I don't know. But if this is indeed true, then great, great research work there. And uh, <laughs> thank you for giving me the opportunity to laugh at the Celtics. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. We still have some questions here on the iTunes mailbag, which means I think we can now start relying on it again. 
so if you guys have a topic that you really want covered send it in the form of a five-star review to itunes and i will get to that uh as soon as i possibly can most likely on a monday of any given week pete and i will be back tomorrow to recap the end of the lakers road trip here against the atlanta hawks until then have a great rest of your day make somebody else's hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today